Hello, this is Carrie Pike, creator of Carrie Bears, and you are listening to Something to Hold On To, episode number 38. Hi, Sandy. Hi, how are you, Carrie? So great. I am so excited you would join us today. And I just, I don't know, I was telling you before, but I just kind of felt directed to reach out to you. And so I'm so grateful you would say yes <laughs> to be on. Oh, well, thank you. It I means love a lot. It. I love it. It means a lot to me too. I um. So just for those of you joining us today, we are talking with Sandy and is Arlano. Is that how you say your last name? Yes. Okay. <laughs> um, and Sandy ordered a bear. I guess it was a while ago. I was just trying to yes. look actually. Um, last year. Yes. Yeah. It wasn't very long after your sweet little guy passed away. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, anyway, I would just love for you to share your story. I was so, I'm, I, I'm generally moved with pretty much every order that comes in. I just, <laughs> I just feel it, but I was particularly just so, um, I guess my heart just went out to you as a mom, just knowing you lost your, your little Daniel in such a short time. And, I, I just can't imagine. So anyway, I just thought I'll let you start and just share your story. Yeah. I had my little boy on May 10th of 2019. He was our second baby wow. and our only son. Mm. And he was actually born on, so May 10th, I, I was born in Mexico and um, came here when I was seven years old. So in Mexico, Mother's Day is always May 10th. Oh my gosh. That is, yeah. So he was my little, I always like to say my, you know, May 10th blessing and mm -hmm. Mother's Day gift. So it was a wonderful day to have him wow. and join our family and, um, you know, make his way into the world. Um, just really special for us to to have him half selected that day. Yeah. Um, and just meant a lot to us. So I'll always remember that. I, I will never forget, you know, his, his birthday because it was such a special day. I love that Mexico has it on May 10th every year. Mm -hmm. That's really cool. That's really cool. And what a, what a gift for you. Yeah. On that day from him and just right from heaven. I love it. <laughs> So we were just talking about Mother's Day on the 10th yeah. and of every year, which I think is so brilliant and so great. Anyway, what a gift. What a gift. What a gift. Yes. He would choose to come to your family that day. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. It was very special. And we were actually set to be induced on May 13th. Oh. So, you know, one of the things that happens a lot in Daniel's story is that the number 13, which is the diagnosis he had, was trisomy 13, uh, which basically means that his 13th chromosome duplicated three times instead of two. And that's what caused him to have all his medical concerns. But the number 13 shows up a lot in his little life and after as well. So we were set to be induced May 13th. And I remember just struggling a lot with the thought of selecting the day, um, oh. you know, for, for my little boy to come into the world and possibly leave that day. It was, it was hard. It was just a hard um, 
thing to process and just hard for me to accept that I would have to choose that day. So I remember just telling him, <laughs> you know what, if you can, I prefer you pick the day, Aww. you know, I'm okay. Aww. You, you can come any day now. So wow. when I went into labor that day, it really was a blessing and an answered prayer just to know that, um, I wouldn't have to make that choice so that it was it was solely going to be in his hands. And I was I was just very, very happy to know that it would occur that way rather than having to have it be um, an induction. So That is so cool yeah. and, and such <laughs> a sweet realization for you as yeah. a mom. I love that. OK, so you you totally knew he had something going on before. Like you said, it's it mm-hmm. and it was trisomy. Is that how you, trisomy? Yeah, trisomy 13. 13. Mm-hmm. Wow. And so you found out how far along that this was kind of happening. So at on January 9th of 2019, which was actually my 30th birthday. Wow. Um, <laughs> yeah, he, I'm telling you, my little guy was just so good at the days he selected were just days where we'll never forget the circumstances that surrounded his life. And um, as hard as it can be at times, I'm very happy that it happened that way. Yeah. But, um, you know, January 9th of 2019, we walked into a doctor's office for our 20 week appointment. And, you know, we all know that's the big appointment where mm-hmm. they kind of confirm everything. Um, they just make sure, you know, that the baby's developing well and, um, specialists just kind of take a look, right. Yeah. And just make sure things are good. Yeah. Um, so it's a pretty big deal. And, um, I think, you know, as a mom, I of course was nervous, but at the same time, I was also excited. Uh, we were also hoping to find out the gender that day. We, you know, hadn't known up to that day what, um, he was going to be. Wow. So we were looking forward to that day and, um, 20 week appointment, uh, walk into an office, you know, sit down and, they prep you and everything starts happening and the silence and oh. the concern and they're not saying anything. Oh. And um, I just remember the tech kept saying, I, I need to go back to his heart. I need to go back to his heart. And it was just a long, a long appointment. And, you know, the tech looks and gathers the details for, for the doctor, but they're not able to give you information. So oh. she was trying very hard to keep information from us. Yeah. Um, but as I look back at just the look on her face and just the silence that occurred in that room and the going back to his heart and, you know, just so many different little things, we we knew something was, was up. Um, so she left the room and you know, left us there. Not sure what had happened, but no, you know, no information yet. Yeah. And as the doctor, you know, came back into the room, she started to just tell us everything that was wrong. And uh, trisomy 13, unfortunately, is just a very devastating diagnosis. There is no hope. Um, But that day we didn't receive that diagnosis quite yet. Um, She, you know, mentioned to us there was a heart problem. Um, she mentioned to us that there was kidney issues, um, there was extra limbs, um, and cerebellum cerebellum development um, issues as well, um, but couldn't give us a diagnosis. She just said, you know, um, this is just a prognosis. This is what I think. It could be this. It could be that. We don't know. Um, and they recommended doing a um, amniocentesis mm-hmm. that day. Yeah. 
Um, or we could go back. You know, if you don't have to do it today. You can come back. And I just remember being in tears oh. as I'm hearing all these things and thinking, you want me to come back and go through this again? I want answers. Yeah. And yeah. Um, so I told them, do it now. Like, if you can do it now, I'd rather go through it and let's just get it done with so I can get answers. Yeah. Um, so they prepped me and um, we went through with the amniocentesis and um, you know, you're already struggling knowing that there's these things wrong with your child and it's a painful process. Yeah, I was um, going to say, how did that go? Yeah. I, was, I was supposed to have uh, one of those, but I never did. So, but I remember being you never scared. Did. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and I, I, I think had it been a different situation, I probably would have said, give me a little bit of time, yeah. but you know, your adrenaline, your heart, and you're already heartbroken. You think, you know, Hey, little pain, additional pain. It will never compare to to what you're already dealing with in your heart. Yeah. So in my mind, I just wanted the answers. I just wanted to know um, so I you know, could help him. There's some hope that I can help him. Oh yeah. So I went through with it. Extremely painful. Um, you know, they stick a needle through your abdomen and oh. um, you sit on the screen and you watch, you know, the babies in there and they kind of monitor as the needle's going in and um, check on the baby just to make sure that nothing touches the, the baby and so. Um, they did that and said a couple days, we'll give you a call and, you know, we'll, we'll let you know what we find. Um, mm. so we left, we left that hospital and just knowing that, you know, something wasn't right. Something was very wrong. Um, it was pretty serious and, um, we were hoping, you know, that we would have answers soon. Um, we are also people that like to find out the gender of our babies. Yeah. Um, we know with our family, I'm not one that likes to find out by the doctor. So with my daughter, our first daughter, we asked that they write it down in an envelope and then we would take it home and find out. Right. Oh, that's so cute. yeah, it's kind of fun. You know, it's just kind of fun. Personal. You want to know, but at the same time, yeah. yeah right. Yeah. Um, so so we did the same thing with Daniel. We we asked them to put it in an envelope. We didn't want them to tell us, even though there was so much heartbreak in that um, in that room. You know, we still wanted that to remain special. Yeah. So we they wrote it down on a little envelope and they close it up for you. And we had hoped we could throw a party, right? Gender reveal and the fun stuff. But as you know, when we got home, and I sat on that couch and just thinking about everything that had occurred that day. We opened it up and it was, it was hard. Yeah. Um, yeah but um, just, you know, one of those special moments that um, it was, it was hard to know, you know, a little boy. Oh, yeah. But so special too. So, you know, you walk, you walk through that and it's a special moment that we'll remember as well. Just seeing it's a boy and, his little picture and um yeah his name instantly comes came to my mind and you know that was my Daniel so um yeah tell me why you named him Daniel I mean I just you know <laughs> yeah um I have this thing with um my child's names as well you know um my daughter Liana's name has a very special meaning and um it just kind of, I feel like his name just kind of came to me. Yeah. Um, it just, I, I, that's just how I look at it. But, um, you know, once I looked up the meaning of it, um, it does mean, you know, God is my judge or God is my strength. Oh. And so as I think about his journey and who he was. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> oh. 
it just fit perfectly. You know, it just, I, I just felt that, that need for that to be his name. So yeah. I love that. I love that. That was such an inspiration and yeah. No, for sure. Because anyway, I'm I'm gonna let you tell the rest. <laughs> I yeah. can only imagine the strength that he brought <laughs> when he came. Yes. Also, you know, I just yeah. wow. Yeah, it's it's yeah, just um, a hard situation to go through. But just knowing and seeing all these different little things around you that just point you, um, you know, towards either finding that strength or getting through it, and his name and just other different things that showed up really just helped me a lot um, as we continued on with our pregnancy. So, and I remember sitting on that couch and saying his name, Daniel Jacob, and I had done a Marco Polo with our family on my husband's side. And my husband looked at me like, oh, that's his name? Like, we hadn't even discussed it, you know? Um, I, I had kind of said it and and it just, it was his name and it just fits him so perfectly. Every time I just see his little face and pictures and when he got here, it just, it was, it was perfect. Just, yeah, just perfect. Oh, I love it. Yeah. I love that your husband was like, okay, I got you. Sure. <laughs> so, yeah. so they called you what, like a few days later and gave you all the news? Yes. Yeah, so January 9th was, you know, the prognosis. Um, they thought, you know, things were wrong, but nothing, um, you know, set in stone. So on January 11th, two days after, I got a phone call from a genetic counselor. Um, and she gave us the, the diagnosis. And I'll never forget her words. And she said to me over the phone, it's worse than we thought. Oh, um, oh, wow. And so, yeah, it was, oh. it was just a job and it was hard and I was, you know, home alone and, oh. um, and, you know, she, she says, you know, trisomy 13 and, um, tells you all the statistics and what it could mean. Um, and you know, that's, that's it. And, oh, come in, we need to set up an appointment we need to talk more about it and we can walk you through it. Um. Oh, wow. So, of course, I get off the phone and I Google it. That's oh. what you do, right? Um, oh. <laughs> and I think every doctor will tell you don't Google things. Um, but I think most people probably do. will Google yeah. things. So I, I Google it and um, it's just devastating to see the pictures. Um, devastating to see, you know, the statistics behind it. Um, babies with trisomy 13, a majority of them um, pass away within the first week of life. Um, very few, um, you know, make it to that first year. And so it was just hard, you know, knowing that, um, it's a rare condition, such a hard condition. And just knowing that there was no hope for your child. There was, you know, no hope. Um, I, you know, I don't want to say the sticks is wrong because I can't remember off the top of my head, but 90% pass away within the first week. Um, and, you know, very few of them make it to that first year of life. Um, um, most of them pass away in the womb. That's also, you know, very normal. Um, just just a horrible diagnosis that affects pretty much everything. Um, and you are like organ-wise halfway into your pregnancy. I mean, yeah, yeah. kind of. I mean, that's potentially, that's where you're at. And so you're thinking... Yeah. I don't even know what you're thinking. I mean, there's so many things that you just, yeah. after you Google something like that, and I, I don't know, my mama heart just wants yeah. to reach out. <laughs> I, just, yeah. I don't know what I would do. 
Oh, it's it was it was horrible. You know, you I I loved my child ever since I saw the little pink lights on that test. You know, and your hopes and dreams start to they're there. You know, mm-hmm. they they start that moment and yeah to have it end. Yeah. Oh, it was very hard. I just can't even imagine. Oh. It's very very hard to know that. You know, there was no hope for him um, and that his life would, would end very early on. Um, so, you know, we walked into the doctor's office on January 13th. <laughs> um, <gasps> genetic counselor, you know, and a doctor, they talk to you about what this diagnosis means and they walk you through everything and, you know, what they saw. And there's a lot of, I, I don't like to say the word push, but they recommend, you know, you terminate your pregnancy. Mm. And that was brought up several times. And there is, you know, their words are very much, we will support you and we understand, but, right? Um, but this, but that. And I, you know, I, I already knew my child. I already loved my child. And so for me, the thought of ending his life was just not an option. Right. It right. just was not, um, you know, I can already feel his kicks. Yeah. I just I couldn't that was just not something that I could go through and so I told him nope I'm gonna continue with my pregnancy um you know this is my child and um I will not choose um you know the time for him to be called back home that's it wasn't my life to take um it never was you know um so we continued on with our pregnancy and um felt very much at peace with that decision um and I will never be able to explain what it's like to walk through a pregnancy knowing that, you know, that day could be the last day. I bet you just every day that you would feel him, are, we're so grateful. Yeah. Just yes. to be able to know you're still there. I mean, I yep. <laughs> I remember just patting my belly and just you that connection is so strong. Yeah. And just so, knowing, yeah, I can't even imagine. Yeah. Oh, you know, you, you carry that little child inside you and yeah, you built that little connection. I remember, you know, he'd not move for a little while and then I talked to him and then he'd be wailing around <laughs> and I'm like, okay, there you are. So we're um, good. We're good. Yeah. We're well, good. All right. I'm, I'm good for the next 45 minutes. I'll leave you alone. I'll check in a little bit, but it's, it was definitely hard, you know, um, to continue on with life and having to be normal and just carrying this difficult um, situation um, and knowing, you know, the ending people, uh, you know, it's normal for people to say, oh, look at the belly. Aww. You're so excited. And what are you having? And I, you know, I work with a lot of people and that was the norm every day. And What do you say? What do you say to that? Yeah, and you know, I never, I never not told the reality of his life. Um, For me, it was very normal. Yes, I'm excited. Yes, this is my child. Yes, I'm having a little boy. His name is Daniel. Um, And I would tell them, you know, he has this medical condition and he likely won't live. Um, And that's just, that was the normal thing for me to, to tell people that. And I... Mm-hmm. Again, felt at peace telling that story. I couldn't hide. I I couldn't hide behind. This is awesome and perfect. And I'm so excited. I couldn't. I was excited. Yes. But there yeah. was also that pain. And it was part of his story. And I just knew that I had to tell that story. That I couldn't hide behind what you wish 
would have been my real my what I wish would have been my reality. Yeah, different. Something different because it wasn't. It was not. No. Oh, you oh, you are a beautiful soul. I just have to tell you the way you've looked at this even early on. I just I just cannot I don't know. It's just a sweet story. Okay, keep going because I'd want to I want to hear more. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I went through that pregnancy and, um, it is considered, of course, um, you would have additional, you know, doctor visits because it is a, you know, high risk pregnancy. That was another thing that we didn't feel at peace with. We wanted, um, it to be as normal as we could. And so I didn't elect for additional, um, ultrasounds or more doctor's appointments or more hard. Mm. Um, I, you know, I was healthy. I, I was fine and he was fine in theory as well. Uh, and so we pretty much were normal. Like it was normal, uh, when it came to our appointments and all that stuff. So, uh, I also just, I needed that, you know, I didn't want the extra reminders that your child's oh, yeah. Yeah. going to die. Um, he will likely not make it. If he does, he'll probably pass away in the first hours. If he does make it past a few hours, he'll likely pass away in that first week. Um, if he makes it that first week, he'll likely pass away after that. You know, the, that was that was his reality. You know, he would be passing away. Um, mm. And uh, I, I just I wanted as much as I could to enjoy having him with us. Um, the way I looked at it was, you know, this was possibly our pregnancy was possibly the only story he would have. And that would be his little life. Yeah. It was very possible that that was it. Um so I wanted to enjoy that, you know, as much as we could and just move forward as much as we could with that. What with an that. incredible perspective, truly. And how was your husband with all this? I mean, was he about the same, you know, in the same mindset or were there sometimes when you were off and he was on or did, how did that work? You know, I think we were both very much on the same page. We both knew that his life wasn't ours to take. I yeah. think initially... Um, You know, my husband's a solver, and I think he wanted to find out what more can we do? How can we make this better? And I, there were two things we, one thing we did differ in. I remember that for me, when I found out that diagnosis, I I would dare say that I accepted that he would be passing away early Mm -hmm. on. Like that would be his reality. And so I would utter the words, I don't want him to suffer. Yeah. And that was my prayer. That was my ask. Um, you know, in those silent moments, I didn't want him to suffer. Um, and when when my husband spoke about it, it was more I want him to live. Mm-hmm. Um, and it initially there was that hard, you know, as we met with the counselors and as we talked about what could be done, um, his feeling was I want him to live. And I think as we moved forward in in the pregnancy and as we saw the reality that his heart wasn't going to get better. There wasn't a surgery likely wasn't possible because of the condition and enlarged kidneys and everything else that was wrong with him that likely the, you know, the possibility of life for him wasn't really an option. And so I think as, you know, everything kind of moved forward, we both became very much at peace with his, his diagnosis and his reality. Mm -hmm. Um, And we just got into a place of, we just, We'll make the best that we can. We'll prepare for the best that we can. We'll give him the best life that we can while we can um, and just take care of him the best that we can. And it was very peaceful to know that we had gotten to that place. 
That is huge. That is really big. And, and so meanwhile, you have a little girl also, right? Yes, my (laughs) daughter. How old is she at this time? So she, when we um, went through all this, she was three years old, um, turning four. Wow. Um, No, she had just turned four. Um, so that was the hard part, you know, um, we, we told her that Daniel wouldn't be coming home. Uh, and we did tell her that Daniel would be dying and a little girl's mind, you know, at that age, um, she was three now that I think about it, um, turned four last year. Um, she doesn't, I don't, she didn't grasp it. I don't think she grasped it, but the concept that she did understand was that Daniel was not coming home. Yeah. Um, and when he was born, the day that she came to see him, I'll never forget that moment because she said those words. Oh, that was in her heart. That's what she remembered. Yep. Oh. He's not coming home. Oh. And, you know, you just, <laughs> that little look on her face, just, it was hard to deal oh. with that, you know, and know that she had this little brother but he wasn't coming home so it was it was very hard um to get her through it and you know during the pregnancy we'd have her you know touch my belly she'd talk to him of course she'd share with him you know in her own sweet little way and um, was very excited but always knew that he wasn't coming home so um i think that I think yeah. that was the best you could do for her. I mean, you know, to prepare yeah. her also. And yet, and and I, she'll know and realize more and more as she gets older, like we all do. But yes. that she, you know, just that she was a part of it and you weren't, you were including her, of course. Yeah. I think that is beautiful. Yeah. And, and we, we didn't want to hide it, you know, and I think probably could have been like, well, mom just, you know, she had a really big belly, but um, <laughs> Um, I remember we had worked with an organization during the pregnancy that helped us um, understand what would be happening and how to cope and and that. Um, And they told us, you know, what do you want her to remember, Um, you know, in 10 years? Do you not want her to remember him or do you want her to have something, right? And of course she's little, she probably won't, but think about what you want her to remember and you know, my thought was, I want her to remember her brother and to know his name and to hold him and to meet him and to see him. I didn't want to shelter her um, out of that reality, right? That he is your brother. Um, he's just, he'll be going home, um, you know, much earlier than a lot of us will. Mm-hmm. But he's still your brother. And mm-hmm. I'm thankful for that because we didn't shelter her. And she has this wonderful way of remembering him and of being a sister to him. Um, he so did come home. He did live. He was here for 27 days. Oh, and, my goodness. That is what yeah. a gift. That's huge. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's such a blessing to know that, you know, we had life with him. Um, he did live, you know, and I, I look back at both of our the desires of our heart for my husband and I. He wanted life him and we got that and I wanted him to not suffer and and I wanted time and we got it um he came home in a pink car seat the honest (laughs) car seat um 
he, you know, got to sleep in her bassinet and she got to to get to know him and she was very confused why he came home. Uh, <laughs> I will absolutely say that. She was very much, you know, just her heart was set that he wasn't coming home. So when he did come home, there was a couple days of, I'm not sure about this little baby that's <laughs> yeah. sitting on mommy's lap and daddy's holding. I'm the baby. And um, I'll always remember just the way if Brian was holding her, my husband, um, holding Daniel, she would be right over there <laughs> without a doubt. Um, you know, she'd jump on, on him as well. And there she was. Um, she had this sweet way of just going over and just touching his little face. Um, and I have so many sweet pictures of her just touching and caressing his little cheeks. Um, and after days, she just learned to love him and um, appreciate the little brother that did come home. Um, which made it, I think, extra hard when, you know, when yeah. he wasn't there anymore. That, yeah. I, what a gift, but then also, <laughs> yeah, what a heartache to, I don't know. I, I think I'd take it. I'd take whatever yeah. time you could, of course, but it probably yeah. made it a little bit, like you said, a little bit harder and tore at your heart a little bit more because you got to know him even more. Yes. I don't know. I don't know. How... Yeah, so 27 days. Did you have to do anything different health-wise with him? Oh, yeah. Um, You know, there's a lot of heart and a lot of trauma that goes with with all of this. And it's the the extra heart, I think, and the heaviness of your heart is just knowing that we did have to deal with a lot of things. So um, he was born on May 10th. On May 12th, he was admitted into the hospice care program at the Mm. hospital. Um, and he was under um, hospice care for his entire life, basically. Um, so that meant that what we elected was palliative care for him, which basically means comfort care, um, yeah. meaning that, you know, you just make their life as comfortable as you can. Oh, they're called, you know, back home. And that meant a nurse would come see him uh, three times a week. Mm. Uh, that meant that, you know, we had medications that we could give him. Um, and that just meant, you know, signing documents, um, making very hard decisions that you wish you didn't have to make for your child. Um, just walking that road, right. Of, um, having someone paint the picture of what death will look like. Mm. It's very hard. I can't. Oh, sweetie, I can't even imagine. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, and so he was in your home, though. So you, I mean, a little yes. bit, right? Yeah. Just... He was home. He was, and you know, there was. Um, I think one of the things I'm so thankful for is that he came home, and there was so many days of just normal, where it didn't feel like your child was gonna die, and yeah. we built so many memories. <laughs> It, it was wonderful. Um, so yeah, he was home and um, we took care of him here. There was a lot of normal, you know, he, I um, pumped milk for him and he drank out of a bottle and he had a binky and we dressed him up in <laughs> outfits and family came to visit him. And, you know, I, I would seriously say that he was probably 90% of his life in someone's arms. Um, as very rarely, yes, right, <laughs> just cuddled and loved on. Um, uh, 
my mother-in-law, my sister-in-law, and us, and you know, my parents and cousins and friends, and just you know, our house always had someone here for him. So there was a lot of that. A lot of you know, we'd go run errands with him, and we tried as much as we could to just have normal and have memories of him. Um, oh, that's so so smart yeah. and such. A, again, just a huge blessing. Just a huge yeah. blessing. Yeah, I so I I mean, this is the hard part. I don't know how I mean, because you kept thinking, okay, well, it's been 20 days. It's been 22 days. Like, I can imagine as a mom, you'd be like, is this the day? But then you don't want to wish it away. And you don't want to just look to that. I don't know how, how you did it. (laughs) It was it was very hard, um, you know, and I, I honestly have to say that the hardest was that first week, just because the diagnosis for that first week is so terrible um, mm-hmm. of, you know, just death typically occurs within that first week. And so I remember that that was that was the heaviest on my heart. And none of us, like my husband and I, we were someone was always awake. Um, I was up. I was up until 5 a.m. in the morning just watching his every breath. Oh. Um just you know just cuddling him and holding him and and making sure that he was okay um there was a lot of that a lot of that a lot of is he breathing yeah um, yeah you know, and and they paint the picture and the nurse comes and she checks the heart and they ask you questions and you walk through it and it's every day you were kind of reliving what had happened the day before or the moments before and you know is it getting closer is it not um yeah so that was that was very very hard that first week and um, I think once I got through those seven days, I felt a little bit more at peace um, and maybe wondering, is he going to stay? You know, maybe he is going to live and maybe he will stay. Um, so we, we started to kind of think we can't keep living like this. We can't keep waiting for that moment. Yeah. Um, we have to live our life. And, you know, I, I remember our hospice nurse told us that she said, you guys aren't sleeping. And we said, no. <laughs> sleep? What's sleep? <laughs> yeah. I'm awake and I'm watching, and Daniel's sleeping. And then Brian uh, wakes up and then he takes over. And then I sleep for like three hours because that's my baby. Um, <laughs> like, yeah, no, there isn't a lot of sleeping. So she told us, you know, you have to at some point come to terms that he may just slip away. Yeah. And you have to be okay with that. And that, that was a day where my perspective changed and, you know, she was right. I couldn't sit there and stare at him waiting for, for that moment. So yeah, yeah. After that week, I think I would deem that life kind of felt a little more normal. Um, And I, I, now that I had my child alive and in my home, I now came to terms with the fact that he may slip away. He may die and it's okay. Um, and so we started to do the normal baby thing, right? Like you're exhausted at the end of the night. He's going to bed. We're going to bed. Yeah. Um, and we, we got to a place, um, the last, you know, three weeks of his life that we got there and there was a little bit more of that. Um, Mm -hmm. and I'll be honest when the, his last moments came, I felt again that our prayers were answered and that was also a huge blessing. Um, did you know were you awake? It wasn't in the night, or was or were you there no. with him? Luckily, we were there. Yeah, oh. it was um, June sixth. 
um, his grandma's birthday. Oh my goodness! See my child. <laughs> yeah, he my husband's mom. <laughs> yes, I'm telling you. Um, June sixth, um, his grandma's birthday. We had a banner hung up in their dining room. Um, grandma had been over that week um, helping us, and she. You know, Jan, our, my mother-in-law, did amazing and just took such good care of him. And mm. um, she had been with him the day before, um, spending lots of time cuddling him. Um, she was going to come back that next morning. Um, but that night on June 5th, when um, he and I were, you know, going to bed, I I, I knew it was coming. Oh. You just knew. You, know, you just felt yeah. it. I knew it was coming and the picture that, you know, they paint very respectfully was happening. Oh. Um, but, you know, I, I put him to bed. I spent time with him skin to skin um, yeah. and just him and I, you know, while dad slept and sister slept and uh, we went to bed um, about three in the morning. Uh, mm-hmm. Finally, you know, he fell asleep. He didn't wake up um, that night and I was, you know, exhausted. It's the only night that I put him to bed with us. I don't do that with wow. my babies. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I, I just don't feel comfortable. And so I don't normally do that. But that night I knew, I knew that he needed it and that we would be okay. Yeah. So I remember I laid on the pillow and my arm was, you know, out and Daniel's head was on my arm mm-hmm. and I just was cuddling him. And about seven in the morning, I woke up and I thought, he hasn't woken up. He hasn't eaten. And that's not like my baby. Yeah. He loved to yeah. eat. Yeah. Um, that little boy loved to eat. He was a cluster eater. Cluster eater. Um, and part of it, we just think, was because his heart wasn't okay. He would eat a tiny bit and then drift off to sleep. Um, so that was weird, right? And I wake up and I see, I look over, turn my head over, and his color was different. And um, he wasn't moving. Um his breathing was very shallow. Um, yeah. And it was just a hard sight, um, you know, and, mm. and I knew it. Um, so I work, I woke my husband up and he took him, did some skin to skin with him. I texted our family, um, letting them know. And I, you know, for me, our family is our strength. Um, and I never hid Daniel from anyone. And I, I you know, maybe not hid, but I wanted them around him. Yeah, um, you know, so yeah. many of them were there when he was born. Um, you know, that whole weekend we were treated very respectfully, and they knew what would happen with Daniel. So there weren't a lot of rules for us. So our family oh. was allowed to be there, and um, you know, cousins and all that. So that weekend that he was born, family was there, same as at our house always. Um, That's such a celebration. Yeah, I love that. Yes. Yeah, and I just I wanted them to learn to love him and I wanted them to see him and I just I wanted them to build that relationship with him. Um, and I think part of it was I, I knew I couldn't just be the only one to remember him. I wanted all of them to to also remember him. So I texted them that morning and I told them, you know, I think Daniel's time is coming. Um, I wow. think that, um, you know, today's probably the day. Um, so I also texted his nurse. And um, she said, I'll be right over. I'll, I'll come over. Um, mm. About 830, um, my godparents got here. Um, my parents were in Mexico, unfortunately. My mom's brother had passed away a week before. Oh, my um, goodness. So they weren't here. <laughs> and that was hard, um, you know, not to have my mom there and yeah. my dad. Um, but also, I think a blessing. Cause I think parents shouldn't see their children go through yeah. such hard 
But um, my godparents hadn't met him yet. And um, I texted them and I told them, you know, if you want to meet him, today's the day. So they were over within also minutes. They live very close to us and they were here. Um, they sat on the couch, you know, with Brian and I and with Daniel and with his nurse. And my sister was here, my niece um, and my little girl, you know, Yana. Oh. And um, we were in the living room, which is normally where he would have his appointments. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, Natalie, our nurse, um, you know, took his heart rate. It was very low, you know, 60 beats per second. Wow. Yeah. And she she said, yeah, yeah, it's coming. It's, it's oh. very, very close. And I remember that the hardest part was that, you know, he had, he had developed a hernia that week. Um, that mm. Monday, um, he had developed a big hernia, um, which was extra, you know, concern for him. And it was part of it was just because he had so much pain in his stomach from just everything that was wrong with him and just so much pain that he would cry and, you know, he developed a hernia. Oh, um, bless his little body. Yes, <laughs> and it was huge and you just felt horrible and, oh. you know, um, it was just horrible, but... But um, one of those things, and, you know, and she took his, his heart rate and told us to prepare. Um, his breathing was very shallow. He was probably breathing for a few seconds and not for, like, 20. And it was hard to watch. Um, but she told us it's probably going to get worse. Mm. And I struggled at that thought because my one prayer was, I don't want him to suffer. Right. Yeah. It's and, hard on a mama. I can't even yeah. imagine. Oh. Yeah. There's nothing you can do, you know, um, but she was very empathetic and just kind of, you know, told us um, what to do, what to look for. So, um, you know, she stayed and hung out with us for a little while and we gave him a dose of medication to help him, you know, be a little more comforted. Um, I took him out of his diaper as well and his outfit because he was wet since he hadn't woken up. I hadn't changed his diaper. Yeah. Um, and he, since he had been, you know, just um, struggling, I hadn't done it. So I took his onesie off. It was wet and I changed his diaper and I'll never forget. He cried <laughs> and oh. just freaked out. And, and that was just, I remember thinking, there's my baby. Oh, that little sound just to hear yeah. it. And to see his little personality again, oh. you know, for those last seconds. And yeah, I'm so thankful he did that. And I changed him. And he hated being cold. That baby hated being cold. <laughs> he loved warmth and just being held. And you changed his diaper, he was screaming. You changed his clothes, he was screaming. So yeah, he for sure was saying, Mom. I don't like this. And you know, I don't like this. Why are you um, doing this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I changed him. He needed it. We calmed him down. So I took him into my arms and I put him in this little white outfit, a little white um, um, gown, sleeping gown. Um, just looks so sweet and so angelic. And oh. I took him in my arms. And oh. it, it felt normal. Luckily, you know, those seeing him cry, I think I just kind of went back to that peaceful, okay. I'm the mom. I'm I'm taking care of him. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, you know, our nurse had told us this is probably going to last for days, um, which was just so hard. I couldn't imagine it getting worse. She said, it's probably going to be days, you know, call me if you need anything. Um, It was now about nine o'clock, nine, nine thirty, probably. She was there about an hour. 
um, and you know, she left. And so we went on and Brian and my sister were feeding the girls breakfast in the kitchen area. I was sitting on the couch holding Daniel and my godparents were next to me, my godmother right next to me and my you know, godfather. And my godmother says, Sandy, can I hold him? I said, of course, of course, here you go. Um, so, you know, I hand him to her and then he got hungry. So I had, you know, fresh pumped milk. I was, hey, here you go, feed him his bottle. And he drank out of his bottle. Um, and um, just uh, after that, I do remember that he struggled to breathe. And um, I remember the distinct sound just of that moment where he just struggled um and you could just see it and he had done it before that week a couple times so again i was at peace in many ways and i didn't think anything of it but it scared my godmother she was like oh he said oh he 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 does that that's you know i didn't think anything of it but as i look back at it that was that was the moment oh 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 (laughs) Very last moment. <laughs> the last moment. He took a breath. And we kept talking. We didn't think anything. Um, you know, we kept talking. And I, minutes later, I remember my godmother saying, you know, he hasn't moved. And I touched him. Oh, holy sweet mom. <laughs> and he was cold. Hmm. And I very, you know, I was very calm and I took him in my arms and I called Brian over and I said, I think, I think he's gone. Oh, Sandy. Yeah. And Brian took him in his arms and I remember he sat on the ground and checked his heart and it wasn't beating anymore. And uh, just, I'm thankful. I'm so thankful it happened that way. Because I know he didn't suffer. You know, he had had medication. He um, had had for changed. Um, had just he had him. eaten. Yes, um, he was being held. Um, you know, by my godmother, and and um, it's just a beautiful, a beautiful way. Um, and I'm thankful that it didn't continue, and that that, that was the way. You know, it was um, as peaceful as possible. Yeah. And, yeah. and you had done everything as a mom that you normally would do. And I think, oh, wow, I can't imagine. But yeah. I'm so grateful for you, too, that you just, yeah. you just uh, knew. Yeah, it was, it's hard, you know, to watch your little child gasp for air um, over and over, mm. you know, days leading up to it. But just knowing that in that moment, when he gasped for air, that moment, that was it. And you know, he did make a little sound and it's, if you've ever seen it, you know, you can never forget it. And it's an image that I'll never forget. But again, just, just very thankful that there wasn't, there wasn't a lot of suffering. Just, he just, you know, he just was called home and said, all right, I'm coming. Here I go. (laughs) (laughs) I, yeah. Again, the sweetest thing you wrote in your little message when you sent in for an order for this bear was, I just loved that it was a little lamb blanket that you had sent and and you had said, you know, um, you know, Daniel, Daniel is this lamb represents Daniel going home to follow his shepherd. 
And, yeah. and I was so taken back by that. I just thought, oh my goodness, this woman is full of faith <laughs> and goodness and sorrow, of course. Yeah. And I just, I, as I made that little bear, I just, I just thought of you and this teeny little baby. And I just, I don't know. I just, I get tears now. I mean, of course, your story, I just feel like you had such perspective and such, you were blessed with comfort and blessed with this gift of a, of a boy. And, you know, I can imagine him being one of the amazing strong ones, you know, and, and I don't know what happens after for sure, but I believe in it and I have no yeah. doubt that he's doing amazing things. Yeah. I just feel that. <laughs> oh. oh yeah. He's, he's shown us so many different ways, you know, I'm, I'm okay, mom, and I'm doing a good job. And I love the way he tugs at heart, Sam, <laughs> um, you know, the little things that I see him just do and it's wonderful. And the little blanket that turned into a bear that just brings us that comfort and reminds us, you know, he, he just, he was a good listener and mm. he was a special little angel called home and, um, you know, doing the work that he was required to do. And at his grave, we have lots of little lambs. You do. <laughs> yeah. That same little lamb that it, you know, that you place on his little um, bear is also on his grave. Oh, um, so, you know, it just, just really signifies for us, just our little boy, you know, um, yeah. following his savior and just being called um, to do something very special. Um, his life was very short, but I assure you that, you know, his life, though it was short, there's so much that he has already accomplished and, you know, will accomplish even though we can't see him anymore. Amen to that. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Is there anything, Sandy, you would share with moms who might have something similar, like anything that comes to mind that would help them the most? Or, I mean, every situation is different. Yeah. But is there something that you would say helped you the most? I mean, yeah. you have a beautiful perspective. I can't even. <laughs> you are very yeah. blessed. In your own. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I think, you know, the one thing that I would say is honor that grief because that grief is the love you had for your child. Yeah. And the world paints this picture of death that's a little different and maybe isn't the norm for when you lose a child. I don't know. You know, it's the only one that I've known to this depth. Um, but you have to honor that. Um, yeah. You have to just grieve and let it be. It's your child that's a part of you and it's not someone that's easy to you know let go of um there is no forgetting um but absolutely you know just honor that grief and reach out to that little angel of yours and they'll show you you know that heaven isn't as far as we think <laughs> and it's real and just be grateful that though it's hard to accept it very special moms are selected to be the moms of angels, true little angels. And oh. I held one, I held one in my arms and I watched him turn into one. And as hard as it was, it's a beautiful blessing to know that I have a special little boy in heaven doing amazing things to make the world a little brighter. 
I absolutely believe that. I, again, amen, amen. I just feel like, I feel like that is such an incredible blessing, both of you, to each other, to your family, just that, yeah, an angel, your, your Daniel angel baby. And I have no doubt he's watching over and also just doing amazing things wherever, you know, he's supposed to be. And I, I just thank you so much for sharing your heart. I just felt it so much as you spoke and as you talked. And I just, I'm so grateful because we don't know what other people go through, but we, we can feel it and we can, we can learn from it and, and just grieve together. And I think that is so important. So important. You are, you are amazing. Oh my goodness. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for just sharing your story and sharing your heart and your tears and your love (laughs) and your happiness. Yeah. (laughs) All wrapped up in one thing. And I just, Mm -hmm. yeah. Wow. That is for sure. Wow. I thank you for the opportunity. Absolutely. Bless you. Bless you and your journey. (laughs) Thank you. Thanks for sharing today. You're so welcome, Carrie. I really appreciate this. And, you know, the ability to talk about my little boy and share his story and hopefully be able to share it with others. (laughs) I visualize it. I feel like I could hold him right now. (laughs) Yeah. He was adorable and so cuddly. (laughs) Of course. And in the arms of those above and and growing and doing and just incredible. Well, thank you again. You are you are dear. Thanks, Sandy, so much. <laughs> Thanks, Carrie. If you or someone you know is grieving and would find comfort in having something to hold on to that's tangible and a part of their loved one's journey, please visit our website, carriebears.com. My book, Something to Hold On To, is also available on my website. These stories of different people in their grief have helped so many find hope. The book also includes a chapter on the making and the delivering of 9-11 carry bears to the FDNY, NYPD, and Port Authority families in New York City. This is Carrie Pike, creator of Carry Bears, wishing you love and laughter, hope and healing.